I'm Arie Schwartz, and welcome to the WNBA Insider Show. This episode, we have a special guest, Ben Dull, one of the top WNBA writers. This episode, we have a special guest, Ben Dahl, one of the top WNBA writers out there. And we're going to be specifically looking at a recent article he had that came out in High Post Hoops with 18 bold predictions for the season. As always, if you like our show, please consider joining our Patreon community. For less than a cup of coffee a month, you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the W. Ben, welcome to the show. How's it going? Doing well. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's it's been a, a crazy week, and I know some elements of all the happenings in the W are going to come up on this episode, but you had an amazing article that came out very recently, 18 bold predictions, or not-so-bold predictions, if you will, um, for the 2019 WNBA season, and a few of them really stood out to me. First things first, I want to enter Bendel's mind of how you came, how you kind of outlined, how did you attack this article? Because... 18 is almost selling it short. Yeah, I, I did. I did one of these last season too. And I just kind of, you know, over the course of a couple of days and you just kind of, just kind of sat down and kind of like ran through a lot of stuff that happened last season and kind of like the stuff that you might gloss, gloss over, like, you know, a player that missed, you know, four games and those kind of things. And then just, you know, write down the rosters, like, you know, what, what seemed like the interesting positional battles and, you know, just like what are the stories of this season going to be in as, you know, just as that kind of materialized, you kind of just start to throw stuff at the wall and, you know, just kind of, you know, what's going to happen and, and, and try to have some fun with it too. You know. Well, yeah. And, and something that definitely stuck, stuck out to me when I was reading through it, my first time reading it was, and, and I don't think this is like crazy bold, but it is pretty bold, especially with a lot of stuff that's been going on recently. You say both the Sky, the Chicago Sky, and the Dallas Wings are going to make the playoffs. Let's talk with the Sky. Why do you think so? And how is this team going to combat the lack of defense? Well, first, I guess, like, like the main, like, rationale for that was just, like, I feel like there's kind of a drop-off after, like, you know, the teams I really consider to be, like, the bold, like, surefire title contenders, you know, Atlanta, Connecticut, Vegas, LA, Phoenix, and Washington. And then after that, I just, I don't feel like any of those teams are like, obviously like one's a clear cut above the other. So I feel like, you know, more or less those teams are kind of um, all going to be fighting it out for those last few spots. And I, I think like, you know, looking at like at that stage when we're talking about like, just like try to get in, like, I think you really just have to focus, you know, even more so maybe than on the weaknesses, like, what are, what are these teams really good at and like how much can those strengths carry them? And with Chicago, like, I just like, yeah, I mean, we're all waiting to see how the defense works, but like they're, they're going to be able to score. And like, if you can score, like, you know, on a given night, you get hot, you put a lot of pressure on people to stop you and to keep up with you. Um, it's just, you know, there's a little bit of faith to it, but I just, I think your offense can carry you to enough wins. If, if they take better care of the ball, they're going to be able to really put a lot of pressure on people to keep up with them. So I need to, not to be a jerk, but 
How concerned are you with the lack of scoring that we have seen in their preseason games? Not at all. I mean, they, they don't have their full team. Like, it's just, I don't know. It, it, and, and we obviously, like, can't just, like, pull these up on league pass. I'm, I mean, I'm not going to put a ton of stock to, to much preseason, preseason stuff at all. You know, I'd like to see some of these, like, fringe rookies that are actually playing minutes. Like, that'd be something inter- interesting to see, like, just to evaluate those individual players. But, I mean, I don't know. I mean, they're not, like, I'm just kind of, like, talk to me when, when they have their full team. And, and what do you expect from this full team? Do you expect I, – I, I have so many question marks. I mean, I obviously expect them to run, but to really pull out a little bit better than they did last year because that's all it really takes to make the playoffs in this coming season if you look at it. Um, I guess my question to you is, is this going to be a team that their offense is going to – strengthen their defense or is it going to be a situation of their offense just having to play so good that it makes up for the lack of defense well yeah i mean 100 percent, it goes into your defense i mean it especially chicago i mean like this isn't just like a throwaway point like they have to take better care of the ball like i mean i I wrote about this early in the offseason like courtney vanderson and ali quigley like they each turned it over on like 30 percent of their pick and roll possessions like that's like double of like what it should be and if you and especially if those are live ball turnovers, you're obviously just dead. Like you're just you're just hemorrhaging points. And if you can't, you know, especially for a team already maybe with some question marks with their personnel, you know, night to night, like like you have to like maximize your chances to set your defense. And if you do that, you you have a much better chance. Yeah, definitely. Let's move on to the wings though. Couple trades happened today. Um now that you have the new wings roster as it are as it is, do you still stand by the wings uh, in your bold prediction of them making the playoffs? I do. It's so you know I, I you know I rattled off the six you know my six contenders. So it's really you know I think it's four for two spots with Seattle and Minnesota as the other ones, and you know, I think Dallas is a little tougher. You know, I, I guess like if I really had to order like one through eight, I'd say like Chicago is seven and Dallas as, as the last one in. I mean, I mean the, the tough thing to talk about is like is you know like with Skylar Diggins Smith coming back. You know, it's like there there's probably a number or a pretty like ballpark of like okay if she doesn't play at least this many games, like they probably like their chances go way down of making it. Like they just do. Um, but you know, like just. I think at this point in the calendar, it's just like, yeah, like I'm, I'm going to like guess like they get her for a pretty decent chunk of the season. And I think like Kayla Thornton and Azrae Stevens, I'm just like, I'm just all in on that duo, get them on the court as much as possible. You can go big, you can go small. And I think like talking about like what, like what strengths are really going to stand out for like these teams that I think are on the fringe. I think like those two players are just like, they're everywhere. They're going to help you run. They're going to get on the boards. Um, they give them a lot of versatility on defense, which I think Brian Agler is going to really help them kind of transform that overnight. And I think that's going to kind of at least stabilize them, even if I think the offense might be a little bit more of a more of a struggle for them early in the season. Yeah, it's interesting. I know those, those two fringe teams that we're talking about right now, one strength is offense, one strength is defense. And I, too, have heard a lot of really good things about what Agler has been able to do just in the uh, ridiculously short WNBA training camp that we have. Uh, one of the other notable things for the Wings, so there's been a lot of reports about Mariah Jefferson. Now she's on the team, likely missing this season. How does that 
move into this next topic of Taylor Hill predictions. Cause I know you spoke very highly. I think you even had one of your 18 predictions was solely about Taylor Hill. Yeah. I think that is kind of a name that's been easy to forget about. And, you know, like one, like, like it has, like, it has to remember like the context, like, and like think about how we're really talking about Taylor Hill. They got her for a player in aerial powers and, you know, there can, there's obviously can, there can be some disagreement on, on who she is a player, but Powers wasn't playing for them last year. So they turned that into a player who, before she got hurt in 2017, like Taylor Hill is going to be an all-star. And if you can get a player who can, who can both give you a slashing element, getting the line a little bit, and can be a credible, credible threat from three, like that's, that's the kind of player you just have to take a chance on because there aren't a lot of them. And, you know, Again, like it's it, it all starts from the fact that like Dallas turned a player that they weren't playing into like you know a, a skill set that you can't just pick up you know out of nowhere. Well, talk to me about Dallas. Talk to me about their front court. Um, it's what do what do you imagine? Obviously, there's still a lot of time to go until the season starts. What do you imagine as their front court pairing? I, I I'm most interested to see Thornton and Stevens and one of Glory Johnson or Amani McGee Stafford for a lot of the time. I think that's going to like really, that's going to like make them really scary on defense. Um, and you know, the rest of those names, like, like Isabel Harrison, I think will give them a little bit of scoring and just like a little, like somebody that can like, you know, like face up and like drive to the basket. It's like, it, it sounds like such a small thing, but it, it's, it's an important element for them to have. Um, and, you know, we'll see what those other spots where I think it's, it's kind of more, you're more, it's more about specialists between, you know, Plaisance who can shoot it, George can shoot it a little bit. And then obviously Gustafson is somebody that they can probably throw it to inside a little bit. But I mean, I think it's, it's Thornton and Stevens are playing like 30 plus minutes and, you know, between Johnson and McGee Stafford, like you're set, those two can give you 40. So, I mean, I think that those four names are going to be like the, the, the bulk of it and, you know, everybody else will kind of see just who even makes the roster. Front court, back court, which is the bigger concern for you going into the 2019 season for the Wings? The, the back court, because I mean, I think the front court is what's going to kind of stabilize them, especially, especially defensively to kind of, you know, just again, to just like to keep you in games, to know, to have the confidence, like, yeah, we can defend like a good offense without like, you know, just constantly giving up, you know, 8-0, 10-0 runs. Like, we'll be able to stop people. But, I mean, the backcourt is a question. Like, you know, like Taylor Hill, like, you know, there, there are definitely concerns. Like, you know, one, she just has to prove that she's healthy and she has to have the confidence in that knee to be the player she was before she got hurt. And, you know, obviously Mariah Jefferson, if she doesn't play at all, that, that hurts. Although, like, point guard has been, like, such a black hole for them behind Skyler. Like, at least they have a name you know that you're, you're going to be set there. And Agumbawale, like, you know, it, we'll see. Like, I imagine it's going to be a little bit of an up-and-down ride. Like, there are going to be games where she just totally takes over, and there will probably be, like, some 4 for 16 games. Yeah, and we're, and we're going to have to see how the rest of the team reacts, you know, when she kind of slips. Can they step it up when she's, you know, balling out of her mind? Can they surround her? Um, something I do want to do real quick and pop away from your article for a quick moment if you put on your thinking cap, go back to the Elena Deladon trade, and I want you to compare Elena Deladon to Washington and Liz Cambage to Vegas. 
between Chicago and Dallas, which team do you think got a better return? That's a good question. Um, I that's that's kind of been the debate I've been asking people because I think that is the the most recent uh, superstar trade that came to mind. Yeah, you know, I think I think I'd probably give a slight edge to the Deladon Hall. Um, it, you know, Steph Dolson. I think Steph Dolson's the best player that that changed hands out of those out of those two um, those two returns. I think Mariah Jefferson is probably like a little maybe a little more important, um, just like in the context of those teams. But I mean, if she isn't going to play at all this year, that some of that kind of goes away. Um, you know, and I and I really like Kalia Copper to it, but it's you know she's kind of in a tough spot to just not get as many minutes. I I would probably slightly go with the Deladon Hall, but you know, I, I think all things considered, like it's like you have to get something, you have to do the deal at some point. Like, you know, I don't think I definitely don't think like people should be hating it for Vegas or for Dallas. So. Yeah, and and I also think that it is in regards to the Chicago trade, that almost felt like it happened a lot quicker that Chicago was put in a position and I don't want to say panic because I don't think they necessarily panicked, but I think overall the league itself also was in a different position and that organization was in a different position where they might not have been, if you want to call it stubborn, standing your ground, whatever it is, as much as Dallas was. Let's move on to the defending champions. Uh, the Seattle Storm have a giant injury to fill. And what is this team going to need to do to be successful? Who can fill Stewie's spot in the starting lineup? Or is it going to be by committee? What do you think? Yeah, I did a uh, I did an episode of, of Lockdown Ones Basketball, Kevin Pelton. That'll be coming out soon, kind of talking about the lineup. And, and you know, it's I, I think the assumption is that, you know, Crystal Langhorn's going to get the first shot there. She has, she has started for them before. Um, there was a great piece with, you know, talking to her in the Seattle times where she really opened up and talking about how, well, you know, that, you know, I've, I've been through this before, how she kind of dealt with, you know, kind of also following in Lauren Jackson's footsteps too, and dealing with, you know, it's, it's, it's always a losing game when you're going to get compared to a player of that caliber. I, I, you know, I mean, part of what I had in the predictions was I think there, I, I think Seattle will go small just at least cause you just like, you have to try something. And I think that might help them score a little bit more. The big question is just if they can defend, if they put, you know, three guards, a wing, and Natasha Howard, is that, like, going to be enough uh, to get to get any stops against somebody? But, you know, like, like Langhorn, I think, you know, the, she gave us a lot of really not-so-subtle reminders in the Phoenix series. Like, like, I'm still a really good player, and, like, I can still make plays that matter against a really good team, and and it'll, it'll just we'll see how it works out between her and Howard kind of doing that dance of you know who's gonna pop who's gonna who's gonna make shots today who's gonna get to roll and and something that's definitely notable is positionally where Howard was in Minnesota before coming over and her flexibility in that obviously the combination with Stewie that's like a kid in a candy store but you still do have that flexibility with Howard to move her around um in your article about 18 uh, 18, um, sorry, I'm blanking on the word now, 18, not so, or very bold predictions, if you will. Um, you talk about Jordan Canada and her being the team's second scorer, not scorer, I believe you said, can you talk to me about that? Yeah. You, you know, you look, you look behind, you know, Jewel Lloyd is the obvious name that needs to take a big step up. 
for them. And I think, you know, part of the rationale for why I think going small is interesting for them is because, you know, what Jordan really gives them is somebody that can puncture a defense and the need for that is going to skyrocket when they don't have Brianna Stewart, who was, you know, in a lot of different ways, the player that was doing that for them. And, you know, one of the ways for them to try to score a little bit more is if they get Sue Bird off the ball, you know, a lot of the stuff that Dan Hughes built into their offense last year, the way they're able to, you know, set these quick flare screens and, and, to, and to set people up for threes, I think, you know, one of the things they, that they might be able to do is try to get Sue going and really get her threes up. And if, if Jordan's the one handling the ball, um, you know, they can kind of have her run the show. And I think if they can play her, Bird, and Jewel Lloyd, I think they can still be really tough to guard. Although who that fifth player is, is still kind of still kind of a big question for them. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. And I think we're going to see a lot of excitement. So, would you be counting Seattle out this quick? I know it's easy to after the after the injury, but but something in my mind says, all right, maybe this isn't a top championship contender. But this still this team still got something. Well, I guess I mean I guess are we saying like counting them out as you know like a, a you know like as a like a contender for like a four or a five seed? Or, or no, just- all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna make this plain and simple. I'm talking about having any chance for a championship. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't, I mean, I don't have them. I mean, this will be coming out tomorrow, but I'm not going to have them in that tier of team that's teams that's going to win a title. I mean, it's just look. I mean, they're they're like really dependent on Stewie. I mean, their their defense. What made it so good in large part was they had Natasha Howard and Stewie as these rangy, long, athletic forwards that anytime there was a little crease or a mistake, like they were probably going to get there to cover it up. And just that not having both of those players, it's really going to make it tough for them on defense. And then offensively, I mean, it's just everything, everything ran through her. Like just the fact that like, you know, she's got such a high release and she's such a confident shooter among other things that she does really well. I mean, that that's what really broke you. Right. Because like, even with like Brittany Griner closing out to it, it's like, she's still going to shoot it and she's still going to make those shots. And that just, that just puts so much pressure on you. It's just, you know, I, I think that's, that's a little too much for them to be able to, to account for. I hear that. Now I'm going to flip the script on you. You had another article that came out on basketball, b-ball index talking about all the different roster cuts, projected roster cuts, all that jazz. I want you to tell me, in your personal opinion, which roster do you think is the is having the hardest time or has the hardest cuts to make? Oh, I think it's I think it's definitely Phoenix. I mean, and they like what they're dealing with, and you know, they have like there's there's health that's at play with this. There's the aspect of you know, you want to keep some youth around because you do like, you do kind of need to like think about the future a little bit. Although I think they've done a good job of prioritizing, like, you know, we need to like focus on each individual season. We can't, you know, bide our time with, with Diana Taurasi and say, Hey, we'll, we'll load up next year instead. Cause you know, Sancho Little coming back, I think that's so huge for them. Like they, like if there was any, if it was a 1% chance like that she was going to make it back and it's obviously better than that because she's already been cleared, but like, like they had, they had to bring her back and that makes it tough because you also have Camille Little, who's like another bet. And she's also on a guaranteed contract. So like, they can't just waive her for nothing. And are they, you know, do they try to work out a trade or are they going to keep her? 
And then that that makes it really tough on these rookies. Sophie Cunningham, Brianna Turner, Erica Carter. Like, you know, I think it's safe to assume Alana Smith is safe, but yeah, you know, I think you know Cunningham and Turner like are, are definitely capable. And and I don't think there's really a very easy path for them to keep even both of them. Yeah, it's it's gonna be tough. I was reading a, a really good article from the AZ Central about that that topic right there, and just you know what are some trade options or what might force the hand of Phoenix to say, all right, you know, I got the faith, especially with the Tarasi injury. You have to think that you're kind of going into it with two game plans, one with DT and one without, right? Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious how much, I don't know if you really ever get to them and do admit this, like how much are they, are they really like deep down, like thinking like, yeah, we need, we need a game plan if Diana can't play at all. Um, you know, they, I think, you know, like Cunningham, Turner, like these kind of players, like, I I think, you know, it, it, Turner makes it, I think Turner makes it pretty easy for them because I think you do, like, they do need a center. Like, they do need somebody, like, looking towards the future. Like, do we know we can get eight good minutes for someone behind BG, like, in the regular season? Because um, then, you know, with, with other stuff, like, they're so, like, they're just, they're loaded on the wing. And I think that's, like, kind of been like a little underrated and like been talking about them as a title contender because like they, yeah, they have a lot of vets, but like, they're all good. And like, they all know, like they know who they are. And, um, you know, if it comes to it, I think they can still play a pretty similar style, even if Tarasi maybe like misses more time than we expect. That that's uh that's some interesting insight. Ben, tell us where people can find more of your work, where they can start following you, where they can stalk you. <laughs> Um, I am on Twitter at Ben underscore Dull. I write for High Post Hoops, B-Ball Index, and the Basketball Writers. And I will be, uh, we're kind of ramping up, um, doing a lot more on the Lockdown Wounds Basketball Podcast. Uh, doing, we're running through team-by-team team season previews, bringing on a guest for each one of those. So that's that can be uh, what to look for. That's awesome. And Ben's definitely going to be on our pod much more during the season. As everyone knows, we at WNBA Insider believe in the players of the W and its community deserve the same in-depth analysis and respect that men's sports receive on a daily basis. Please consider joining our Patreon community and show support for the hard work we do.